Material discussed in this episode is for mature audiences only. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Hey, what's hey. up, guys? I'm Jay. I'm David. I'm Jordan. I'm Nick. And I'm Bonnie. And, and we're, we're Brothers, Brothers Unhinged. And I'm Bonnie. <laughs> <laughs> Hi guys. Hi guys. How's it going? Hey Bonnie. How are you? Happy to be here. <laughs> this is uh, Brothers Unhinged What's first. Up, we have a, a special guest today. It's kind of a party. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we're you we're two pr- are pretty close over there. Yeah, we're we're pretty <laughs> we're pretty What's excited. Going the, what's going on under the table over there, boys? It's over the table. It's called a nipple touch. <laughs> but um yeah, this is our first. We have a, a good friend of ours, especially a good friend of mine that I grew up with, uh, Bonnie. Um, yeah, we're, we're pretty excited. It's our first opportunity to kind of expand a little bit. But um, New studio. Yeah. New studs. Yeah. Yep. Got some new digs. Um, but before we get started, we have some, we have, you know, we're a little thirsty, so we're going to take a little drinky drink of our dirty water. It's holy water. It's okay. The cup of Christ. Watch it! Cheers. Salud. <sighs> yeah. That water tastes <laughs> like cinnamon. Oh, mm. she has a lovely bruiser. <laughs> That'll hold your tongue. <laughs> you gotta say it the wrong way, the right way. I feel like there's those cinnamon Christmas bears jumping around in my mouth. <clears throat> Glorious. <laughs> So something that we uh, kind of want to expand on, um, if you guys listened to our episodes last week, we kind of talked about our us as brothers, our journey within the Mormon church and also with um, us being out. So we kind of are playing on that a little bit, not too much, but it is part of um, why we invited uh, Bonnie to be with us. We actually wanted her to come and tell us kind of her story growing up as well, kind of in the church and her experiences, but she has a little bit more substance too. And so um, I kind of wanted just to turn it over to her and kind of get things rolling. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. I've been really excited about this. Um, And I'm really honored to be your first guest. (laughs) Party. There's a first for everything. Special guest. Part of of building the... Popped our cherry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Okay, we went there. (laughs) Gang bang. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. Kidding. Uh, No, but when we were building the podcast, we had futuristically thought, you know, we're going to have some guests on, so we're trying to figure out how to navigate, so... Just to let you know, this being the first time, we're going to make sure that things try to go smoothly, but obviously we may have some hiccups, so please be aware. We apologize. <laughs> so it's my turn now? Yeah, let's, let's rock um, and roll. Let's, 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 let's get let's it. Just let's jump get it into started. It. Let's jump let's into it. Let's rock right. this joint. Spotlight's on me. All right. Well, I, uh, I'm not going to start with the opening song and prayer, but... Amen. Mm. <laughs> 
but I did want to start with um, this quote. It's by Carl, Carl Sagan. And it goes, one of the saddest lessons of history is this. If we've been bamboozled long enough, we tend to reject any evidence of the bamboozle. We're no longer interested in finding out the truth. The bamboozle has captured us. It's simply too painful to acknowledge, even to ourselves, that we've been taken. Once you give a charlatan power over you, you almost never get it back. So that kind of lays the groundwork for where, where we're headed. Um, and I just want to say from the offset, I am navigating mixed faith relationships all over the place like most of us are. And I have family and friends that I love very deeply, care about very deeply, who very much subscribe to this religion and hold, you know, defend their testimonies very strongly. So that's why I would never bring these things up, you know, in front of them or, you know, no matter how many conference talks they send trying to, you know, save my mm -hmm. soul or whatever, I, you know, I'm going to show them that respect. I'm going to bite my tongue. I'm going to be filtered. Um, but that's why I'm excited to be here because this is kind of the space you guys are giving me to express myself openly, share my story, and not have to be so filtered and get a little unhinged. Damn straight. <laughs> it's, it's, it is nice. It has been nice for us. Um, and, and Bonnie, we've talked to you throughout because you've listened to some of our episodes. But like, we, when it comes to this topic, there isn't a space for us to to talk about our journey in and out of the church, where like members of the church have their church meetings they go to, mutual meetings during the week. They have fast and testimony meeting at church, so they have plenty of opportunity to express their beliefs and what. And so this is kind of been fun for us because it gives us that opportunity. There's that natural fear. You can't really like be yourself out there because, you know, you do care about people that are close to you. So you can't really... And you will be judged. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Another thing, um, in reference to people that listen, or we don't have a whole lot of people yet that listen to the podcast. It's growing, of course, daily. But like mentioned, um, some people just don't really understand or know how they can begin their process of leaving something that they've wanted to leave but feel stuck. So coming from us that have been in it and had our moments where we were on the edge and then now we're fully out, it's not an easy task, especially being around people that <clears throat> we love that are very deeply embedded into the religion. But we hope that some of the things that are said, either in the previous episodes about our own personal struggles to this one, uh, going in a little bit deeper of a dive, that you're able to go ahead and feel confident in yourself and what you would like to do and make the jump if you're ready to or just have some ideas on ways that you can navigate your own deconstruction. Yeah, awesome. <clears throat> so I'll just start uh, from the beginning. I was born and raised in the church. Um, I am the youngest of 10. So no half, no step. My parents were very diligent with um, multiplying and replenishing. They're the ones they with the stickers on the back of the, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, the window yeah. where it's like the do, whole... Do, 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 do. 
Just stay off her. God <laughs> damn it. They, they followed their uh, their commandment. Yes. Very true. Very true. Yes, absolutely. So I am I am the caboose. I'm at the very end. I have uh, six brothers and three sisters. I was born of goodly parents who are very orthodox uh, <laughs> believers. So just as an example, I found one of my... Um, my little girl journals like precious moments journals with the little lock on it and i found a ledger in there with where my mom had been keeping track of and um subtracting my paper out like tithing from my paper out money what wow like nickel and diming like hey, i was like five were you aware? we were the same teaching you taxes before or was you it even just like normal oh, yeah. it was like hey oh, guess yeah. what this is tithing well like, you gotta start buying those blessings early make sure you so. pay did you not tell them that you're this going was to hell the, did you not did you not tell them that this was the lord's tax <laughs> <laughs> can you define blessings can't enter right. his presence until you pay yeah. god money so, but I mean, but my parents were hustlers. They worked really hard and they definitely instilled that work ethic in us. Um, I do know from both my parents' backgrounds that the church was a literal lifeline for them in many ways. They both had pretty tumultuous childhoods. Um, and I do believe that in some ways their religious convictions did help them to give us better than what they got growing up. Um so as far as my early memories, I mean, I'm by the time I was at an age that I could remember, mm-hmm. my older siblings were growing up and, you know, moving up, moving out, going on missions, getting married, having kids. I was four when I became an aunt. So I just remember so many of our family gatherings and celebrations centered around some church milestone. So baby blessings, baptisms, priesthood advancements, mission farewells, merit badges, temple weddings, like all of it. Like that was when our family was all together was around something like that. Right, and for like us growing up. Funeral potatoes. <laughs> for us growing up, honest, honestly, there you go. <laughs> Mark it Nick's down. making the tally. <laughs> uh, honestly, Jay. <laughs> but seriously, um, we got together with our, the Kirk side. <laughs> There's the ass- new, the, they're assholes, there's the new guys. One, seriously. They're just fucking assholes. Um, but we would get together all the time with our Kirk side and Sutton side. Like it was something that was birthdays, like you said. Sunday any, dinners. A- even. Any any Sunday church th- thing. Oh, you're speaking on Sunday. Mm-hmm. To where we mm-hmm. saw we probably saw our extended family a good twenty to thirty times a year. Well which some of them is for the most part, yeah. right? Like, and that is not, I mean, obviously we don't do that anymore, but I mean, that's all kind of brought in with this whole environment, right? Yeah, right. My mom tried, uh, she she really gave an honest effort to the whole early morning scripture study thing, but it was definitely like hit or miss. But one thing we could always count on was that FHE, family home evening, Monday night. And it was not, for us, it was not like, Let's, you know, um, make memories and ha- do activities together as a family and bond to get to know each other. It was like my mom pulling my dad away from the TV, um, us all, you know, collecting into the living room and my mom walking in with this stack of like, you know, the primary song book and the enzyme and the friend and our journals. And it was like, holy shit. 
Like, how long is this going to be? Is it over yet? Do we get a treat? Okay, great. Like, it's a bunch of bullshit. It was not. <laughs> do, I mean, remember when we tried to do that? I, I was about to ask there that was same a short question. time that I remember. Remember we tried to do that? Play the it piano. Was, it was actually, I think, when I was in high school. Honest. Yes. It lasted. Gosh, now, now it's like in my head. I Dude, every time, time I've listened to each one after somebody said something, I that's like the only word I'm looking for in our podcast. <laughs> you guys are assholes. <laughs> but I just, I remember when I was in high school and I went to mom and dad and I said, we we need to do family home evening. This is how, this is how in, this is so how was, in I was. This is how I was. So it was you. <laughs> it was my fault. And so I told Mr. him that we Nephi. should. Mr. <laughs> Nephi. The funny thing, the funny hey, body, thing is. You were, what, what's a, what's a, I, they don't talk about freaking women No, we're second class citizens. Yeah, so I mean. Who are they going to compare us to? Come Nephi's on. best friend. Yeah, no. <laughs> but, but like. I um, remember telling them that we should do it, and it was kind of, it was weird, because we never did it before, but they're like, yeah, I guess we should do it, but I was, I was super Peter You were Priestett. moved upon by the spirit. Yeah, to, totally. Yeah. Holy Fuck you, spirit, <laughs> activate. T- tell us, I like, how was your, because your family home name was probably the typical to the book, how they Basically, tell you to do in church. From the ours, story yeah. from the friend. An extension mm-hmm. of like a church meeting. Oh, yeah. 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 And then Each like one you read a scripture. 20 or to 30 minutes of writing in your journal and it was just like, this sucks. What are we in Sunday over? school? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, like even from a young age, I've always had a pretty strong conscience about me, like really strong sense of right and wrong. And I really wanted to be good. Like I wanted that approval from my earthly parents and from my heavenly parents. And as I got older, I started to recognize more of the disparities, um, witnessing different choices my older siblings were making, and then how my parents would adjust their level of love and and support (laughs) based on like how much of those choices fell in line with, you know, the iron rod or like, your righteousness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. <laughs> it's funny that you say that. I kind of have like a reverse instance. Jay was David really, really, really leaned on by my parents. And then I was more on the rebellious bone of things. And so I also got it. And then Jordan kind of broke them because he went off the wall a little bit more than me. And by the time they got to raising Nicholas, it was like, whatever, just... <laughs> Yeah, just don't do what Jordan did. <laughs> oh, you broke him oh, down. Your, your girlfriend <laughs> is levels. In your, Jay to me to Jordan. Your girlfriend's in your bedroom room? and your doors <laughs> doors closed. Oh, you're okay. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> we had to be in the same room. Hell yeah, we had to be in like the same room as my Nick parents. Nick had a lot of freedom growing up. I swear, they sent me downstairs to check on you guys when you had girls over. Yeah, we remember. When I was little. Yeah, two <laughs> words. You were the, the spy. Yet you were the one doing the most inappropriate things with the girls when you came down, giving them oh, kiss yeah, on the, the six, lips. The six year old sitting on their lap how you doing yeah that (laughs) age gap was pretty gnarly (laughs) it's but yeah it's speaking on that since i'm the oldest and bonnie you're the youngest of your family um there was lots of pressure especially within the church of the oldest making sure you're the best example that you're to the t with every commandment that you're going to every meeting that you're because your example dictates the way that they will be well a Apparently, Perceived, yeah. yeah. Since you guys are so like me, or were so like me, definitely not. Like you. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, it was, and so, but then, but then, on top of that, 
with that pressure, then having it be voiced sometimes by our parents saying that, hey, or not to me, but to the other siblings, you need to be more like your older brother. It's it would it would hurt me because it's it's I'm I'm like they're not they're not me they're not the same as me and don't put that added pressure that I already have all this pressure that I need mm-hmm. to um, make sure I'm getting all my my covenants done that I'm going to college that I serve a mission that I get married in the temple that I stay active in the church that I stay uh, um, you know a, a righteous member of the church all the way until I die so that I could live with God again with my family but it's all stipulated on if I'm mm-hmm. following all these little steps like a, a ton of pressure. So I'm sure it was different. Uh, you probably saw that with your siblings. Well, I definitely recognize that um, your level of, of righteousness is a direct reflection of their, their righteousness as parents and their, you know, that's the measuring stick, you know, that the, and that it's not just that they measure themselves on. It's like that the rest of the ward and neighborhood and, you know, church community measures them on. Yeah, it's it's also the per, the perception. Everybody's mm-hmm. looking at us, so we got to make sure yeah, that oh, we're they all must doing have the right bad thing. parents. Yeah, and, yeah, like and that's not the case. Like they were the best, but we grew up. We decided to do our own research. We became adults ourselves, so we did our own thing. That doesn't say anything about mom and dad. And that's 100%. why mom and dad kind of are a little bit skeptical or upset about some of the things that we say on our podcast because they think it's a direct depiction of their own self-judgment. Internalizing, yeah. But you know what? For somebody in a religion that goes off of, you know, the perception of Adam, not for his transgressions, like everybody has their own, they're great, great parents. They can live their life the way they want to and then uh, with our free agency as human beings, we choose the way that we want and everybody needs to be okay with that and accepting of it. We accept everybody, like there's no judgment on our side, right? Uh-huh. Like so, and If there's we, any, any we, disconnect. We, we kind of feel that though already. We barely <laughs> yeah. started this. We kind of already <laughs> feel the judgment, right? If there's any disconnect, it's not coming from our end. It's yeah, legitimately sure. going to be on how they decide to handle the information that we provide and what we've discussed, how we go about our lives. And so back to the same thing that you were discussing, just how things have been adjusted based mm-hmm. off of raising. Ours was a little bit different, just got kind of cut and cut and cut. When I'm assuming on your end, it was the volume, essentially, essentially. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Write mean- that down. Turned up. Was it like hey, your brother did this, so now we need to put more pressure on Bonnie because we need, we need to make sure that she doesn't follow the same path as this. So I saw that as you your friend. That? Do you think that? A little bit. I mean, I was already a perfectionist in, like, in myself. And so I, the hard thing for me was not, not necessarily that they had to put so much pressure on me. I took really good notes watching my older siblings and seeing that like, oh, you know, the brother who goes on a mission versus the brother who doesn't, or the sister who gets married in the temple gets more support and more financial, you know, resources than the sister who doesn't. So like, if I want that level of support and love and approval then i better step in line you know follow the leader right but i give and take right yeah the hard thing for me was more the whole um 
like breaking your back doing everything right and then some and then you're still getting criticized like it's never enough there's always something to pick at like I wasn't planning on sharing this story but it falls right in line with where we're at so in my high school years I was coaching gymnastics taking gymnastics I was taking aerobics classes at school I was you know, student body officer, I was getting 4.0s. I was the Laurel class president. I was at all my church activities and I was working a part-time job and like paying for my car and paying for my shit. She's like my twin. <laughs> but I'm the dude of that. <laughs> so like the, um, the bedroom, like in my, you know, my house was, we had like a, I had a really small walk-in closet, just really enough to like, step into it there was a door to it um but if you had two people in there you were like in each other's space you were not a book of mormon length apart no no (laughs) no definitely not so there was um it's like these crazy little stories that stick with you forever there was a day i was in there putting my clothes away and my dad walks in holding one of my tank tops from the laundry And I'm sure my mom had a lot to do with it, but he walks in and shuts the door behind him. So he's like right in my space, right in in my face. Yeah. And he's like, you know, of all the kids we've raised, we've probably done the best job with you. But I really hope as you graduate high school and you move on to college that you really start dressing more modestly. For a tank top. For a tank top that I wore, like, to aerobics class. Yeah, to work out in. Yeah. Yeah. And do you remember what your response or your feelings or your reaction when that happened? I just was in shock. I know one of my thoughts was, like, um, yeah, thanks for everything you've taught me, but you don't get to take credit for all of my good decisions and all of my accomplishments. Like, that that's on me. I get... You know. Well, the thing is, is you said it yourself. You were already a perfectionist. So with that, are you guys seriously? <laughs> you guys make it so I can't continue my. You stole thought. my phrase. The thing is, the thing, of it the is. thing of it is. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> so, but with with the fact that you're a perfectionist, you probably were a little bit self conscious when he when he says something like that. Like, oh, maybe I am. Maybe I shouldn't be wearing that, even though you were doing. That's just how you were doing it. I'm sure the thought, like, even if it was just the, you know, in and out kind of thing, it was like, oh, maybe I should not wear that, even though you were, were probably still going to do it. I don't yeah. know. I don't, well, know, if, I don't it, know if that makes sense. But. It's just watering that seed that nothing's ever enough. You're never going to be enough. It's never going to be enough. There's always going to be something. I have a, just that you brought that up about a piece of clothing. I have an instance, and it just kind of reflected on me right now. So I had a friend that had a bunch of extra clothes and gave me a bag of clothes. And this friend was a few years older, already out of high school. But this T-shirt had a picture of like a beer mug that had like the foam, which in beer, that's the head, like the foam on the top of the liquid. And the shirt had a saying on it saying, everybody needs some good head. (laughs) <laughs> and that, awesome. and obviously you guys remember how our laundry system was you'd throw it in the laundry room in the right it all pile, gets washed together and it yeah. gets washed together that shirt randomly became lost and i've never seen it again so you know exactly 
what happened. Abso- yeah, absolutely. Taken and thrown in the trash. But that was my It was shirt. intercepted. I wanted yeah. it. <laughs> but yeah, that shirt's gone. So I want that shirt back. TJ? <laughs> no, but she did figure out when you were doing stuff in high school. She was the one that knew that you were up to some some shenanigans. Who, me? Walking in, yes, going you. straight to the laundry room, oh, and then walking yeah. out with your boxers on because your clothes smell like smoke. <laughs> Why are you naked? <laughs> other, yeah. You just got home. Other times when you're, you know, your eyes are a little different. You yeah. know, she she wasn't stupid. What's up with that? She had a like special spirit of business. discernment. Oh yeah, yeah. I want, it's it's funny how you know she's a woman and she had mm-hmm. the spirit of discernment. Mm-hmm. Isn't that yeah interesting? interesting. Yeah. Anyways, going back to that story, oh, okay. and going back and following well, on. So now, kind of at the youth um, section of my story, our ward did have a big youth group that made it a lot more fun. We had so many activities going on, um, talent shows, road shows, trek, girls camp. I loved the whole sub for Santa thing. I don't, I'm, I think I was too young to remember, but I do know there were times that our family was the sub for Santa family. Um, and I was always that like annoying chick that would get up and bear her testimony and i'm sure everybody was rolling their <laughs> eyes but that was like my was seeking the, that approval was you it know? the generic i'd like to bear my testimony i know this church is true i love my family and friends <laughs> <laughs> the name of jesus christ amen, amen. <laughs> sorry oh so, true. so weird that the same like kids the same kids would go up Say the same exact thing every or single time. I would, I would. Hey, about this, I'm going to play this out. I'm a woman from church that you guys know this one. <laughs> oh boy. Ready? Up. <laughs> <laughs> We're going through some hard times. Feel really full. With the spirit. <laughs> uh, and, and it, guys, so, like, honestly, we're not trying to like make fun, but I really, especially once I. Sorry, this is a, a tangent to that, and then you can get back to it. Sorry, Bonnie. Going on a mission um, and being part of some, what I felt was pretty strong, like, testimony meetings on, like, true, like, this is what I believe, which is how it should be, right? So, like, honestly, like, this podcast is kind of like a testimony for us because it's, <laughs> you know, what we believe in, right? We're not we're not making this grandiose story and woe is me kind of thing. And then I come home and getting back to the the testimony meetings in the ward and and they're crying and saying that, you know, we're going through some hard times and doing this whole story. And then there's like a snippet of what they believe. And that's just not what it's for. And I couldn't stand those church meetings because a testimony meeting is supposed to be, this is what I believe, amen, and be done. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Vaughn. No, it's good. Um, One thing I wanted to touch on, though, was... um, our young women's lessons were so, like, we had virtue shoved down our throats. I just remember so many of our lessons were like, virtue, virtue, return missionary, temple marriage, virtue, 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 modest is hottest, virtue, virtue, motherhood, <laughs> virtue, virtue. That's a t-shirt. You don't want to be the reason a worthy young man can't serve a mission, do you? Ugh, so gross. So, like, did you guys get any lessons on like consent or you know it's it's great that you bring that up because um I think it was Nicholas and I we had a discussion um about 
the lessons when we were kind of preparing more or less throughout the week for this. And if you think about the way that they had these lessons lined out, it was basically the same lessons, maybe rolled out in a slightly different way, but it all correlated back to the same things. But it was geared to each group. Right. And when you ask about consent, I think it was Jordan before, and I was like, I don't ever remember a lesson, one lesson about consent. And the reason why I think, and this is my opinion, is because when you open the topic of gaining consent, you're already opening up the door to sexual sin. So they basically wanted to close that completely for us men. Better not, not even Better thinking. not bring it up. Like, don't even think about it. We're not even going to talk about consent because you should never even get to a point where you're needing consent. Don't even have the thoughts. Don't even talk about it. Don't think about it. Yeah. Well, and, and something that we kind of mentioned and I was talking to Bonnie about is the lessons towards us young men were kind of geared how the lessons are taught in the temple. I'm not going to get into it because it might ruffle some feathers a ton about what's in the temple, but honestly... I'm going to get into it. That's okay. You, ruffle I'll let you. Feathers. you ruffle those feathers. <laughs> um, but our lessons were geared to make sure that you're being the example, young men, so that the girls can look up to you so that they can then, in turn... Make sure that they're being who they need to be and dress how they need to dress. But it all, but you just make sure that you're the example and put that pressure on them to look up to you. So like, yeah, there was some pressure, but I feel like it was more pressure for the women to make sure that we were doing the right things versus us just doing the right things and putting that extra um, onus on them. And I guess uh, to another answer to that question is, there is a very strong emphasis in our teenage type classes about masturbation and pornography talking about don't do it don't look at it tell your bishop like and so that of course wasn't like at the beginning parts when we're like in primary but when we were like in the pre-priesthood entering into like deacon's quorum that was heavily hit for us not masturbation well it was maybe pornography, but oh yeah, it was. I, already, I, I think I already mentioned on this podcast. Like I didn't even know. Like this is kind of sad, but it is what it is. I didn't even know what masturbation was until I was twenty. Well, it's probably because when we were going through it, too it many of up. you guys have been bringing it up to maybe the bishop or something. You know what okay. I mean? I mean so that, that makes sense. Yeah. So we that, we that was discussed, but not for me. It like, was not, discussed yeah. I mean, a lot. To make sure that you were sexually pure to go on a mission and then sexually pure for your Yeah, the question is there, obviously, to like be able to go to the temple and go out. Like they talk about that question, but do they talk about what it is? Do they even talk about oh, sex? No. no. Like no. so I didn't even know. No, it's like that coach. I'm like, oh, is that just itching my ball sack because <coughs> no, it itches? Is that no, masturbation? No, it's like that. It's <laughs> just, a, <laughs> just a pinch and roll. It's like the coach no no. <laughs> a little bat leg. <laughs> If a man is walking in a straight line and then one leg goes out to the side every other step, you know what's happening. <laughs> no, no. Sweaty bulbs. I know, I, I know I'm kind of making light about it a little bit, but that's honest, honestly like it's how like, it was for me. It's like the coach in Mean Girls. If you have sex, you'll get chlamydia, and then you will die. <laughs> you will get pregnant and die. <laughs> Sorry, Bon. No, it's good. I just, I, I hate that there was so much onus put on the girls and like, where's the responsibility on the guys, you know, like where's the onus of your own damn thoughts and actions. Like my 11 year old son knows more about consent than 
you know, most most adults in the church or what you know what I mean and yeah. and um I've told him flat out I don't I don't care what a girl is wearing in front you own your thoughts and actions ultimately and you don't make any move without you know a hell yeah and a high five and you know it's there's such a gap in respect and ownership there that I think breeds so many problems you know from that point forward but I mean on my side of it I hate looking back and just realizing how much of my self-worth um was directly tied to that virtue especially in the eyes of God like like if I let a a guy go too far or you know Mm -hmm. his hand moves somewhere it shouldn't then all all of a sudden like god loves me a little bit less because a little bit of that virtue is gone like it's really Mm -hmm. it's really damaging anyone needing custom clothing or tumblers go check out the fading daisy she does a great job with sublimation, vinyl, on whatever clothing you can think of, and her tumblers and Stanleys are super popular. Check out our X, aka Twitter, and click on the Fading Daisy Instagram link, or even go to her website, thefadingdaisy.com. Especially during this hol- holiday season, things are going quick. Makes for a good Christmas present. Yeah, Bon, it's kind of crazy that, you know, when you were talking about if you let in quotations, a man do something like that to you. It's in society now, it's kind of like looked upon like, oh, well, maybe that girl shouldn't have been putting herself in that situation. Like, there's always that that, that side of it. Oh, she was asking for she it. Was at, right? She was wearing whatever she was wearing, you know, it's and it's, it's very sad that, you know, society looks on it that way, but kind of goes into that a little bit. Yeah. That was the mentality that we were taught Oh, it's their fault because they were wearing this. They were wear- they were showing their shoulders or their ankles, you know. Like Porn shoulders. Just- <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do remember hearing the word modesty thrown around a lot. Crazy. Before, like, mutual and going to, like, church dances and youth mm-hmm. conferences. <laughs> it's funny. Youth conference, I called it an, a non-sexual orgy. <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. <laughs> that was um, great. I think when when you bring up modesty... There's like no pressure for the guys, mm-hmm. right? Growing yeah. up in the church. Because don't walk out with our dick out, you know, don't do that. <laughs> I mean Yeah. I mean But I did feel <laughs> and I actually I, I kinda I think I realized this back then, how really yeah, we talked about modesty as young men, but how much of more pressure it was for our friends that were girls. And I, I didn't like that. Yeah. They should be able to wear whatever they want because the reason they had modesty there was to make sure that you were dressed modesty so that our thoughts could be clean and ready for us to, yeah, and that's yeah. that's wrong. That's it's gross. so wrong. Um, a couple of notable things um, happened throughout my middle school years. One of them is my brother just up, uh, just up from me, the one that I grew up with the most we spent the most time you know living together as older siblings were moving in and moving out um we were frenemies you guys know like you're either like beating the shit out of each other or your best friends um nick and i what's up yeah. let's do it uh, david and i had a little bit of you that want to throw some hands <laughs> yeah but i destroyed Heels. <laughs> so um that started to mellow out a little bit as we got older and 
there was a time I remember like it was yesterday. Um, I was in my mom's room ironing some of my clothes. That's where the ironing board was. And he came in and shut the door and he's like, Bonnie, I want to tell you something. You have to promise not to tell anybody like ever. Um, I'm like, okay. And he goes, I'm gay. And I was like, okay. And he goes, do you know what that means? And I was like, yeah. I mean, I maybe didn't totally know what it meant, but I wasn't going to let him know that I didn't totally know what that meant. And he's like, do you need me to explain it to you? And I was like, no. <laughs> so it was like, I'm sure it was a big buildup for him. And but it, not, not and the, maybe not the reaction that yeah. maybe he hoped for. I don't know. I mean, you were, it seemed like you were obviously supportive, but maybe he wanted to talk about it a little bit more. I don't know. I mean, talking to him later in life, looking back on it, I mean, he's said that that's exactly what he needed, you know, because you're gearing up for this. You're gearing up for this huge, like, reaction or something. And when, when you get, like, you know, basically <laughs> okay. new, neutral, okay. yeah, like, okay. I did have a sense that that was going to put him on a different path in life than, like, the so-called straight and narrow. But I didn't, I, I mean, that's as far as it went. The, so. gr- the great and oh. spacious building that we talked about last week. <laughs> it's a 24-7 party, bud. No, but uh, on that same topic, um, every once in a while I come across like uh, a video or a, or a TikTok or something. And, you know, I, I accept people for who they are. You can be gay, straight, trans, whatever. Just, you know, live your life. And if somebody doesn't agree with you, okay, that's fine. Keep going. But what I'm trying to get to is... Um, they have these clips of these kids coming out to their parents because they're terrified. And you can tell how tense they are when they're saying these words and not knowing what's about to happen. And then you have the parents like, you know, I've known for a few years. It's okay. Isn't that crazy? And it doesn't change anything. And immediately you see these kids just melt, like breaking down crying because they've held on Mm -hmm. for so long that they have to be a certain way. And all of a sudden all that is just alleviated and it's just amazing that some of the pressure and when we're talking about from the church's standpoint it's not like that it's a little bit less now i think but if you were to go maybe 15 20 years back in the uh, lds church that was like you murdered yourself because <laughs> you removed oh, yourself get, from we're the gonna family get there we're gonna yeah. get there i'm getting into that shit yeah well, it's just like there's already enough pressure as an individual outside of theologies and different religions but when you put that aspect on it and some religions are a little bit more crazier than others but they have that additional pressure so they're about ready to completely just snap and they're hoping for some solace at least and it's really great to see when parents accept openly and fully Mm -hmm. about the decision and it doesn't change the fact that they still love their child but then there is the other side where the, you hear these stories where kids are completely disowned, Shunned. kicked out. Mm-hmm. Kicked out of the house. They have all on their the shit on the porch, and yep. they're like, okay, bye. Yeah. Well, something for me, I had a friend um, growing up from age 10 through now. I, I mean, I haven't talked to him for a long time. I know. <laughs> I know it is. <laughs> and, and he, yeah, and he, it, we didn't know he was gay until... I'm going to say maybe sophomore or junior year. So up 10 to that, to age 10 to but age you 16. But kn- you'd know. You know. No, you knew. Okay, for me, no. Because I, I, 
all the girls wanted him. I'd set him up on dates with girls. I didn't know. And I like slept over at his house a lot um, growing up. And because I was such good friends when he finally came out to me that he was gay, it wasn't it wasn't a, a massive like thing that I, I worried about. But like in the back of my mind, I'm I said to myself, I can't support him. Mm-hmm. because the questions that they ask you about entering the temple or going on a mission is like, do you support mm-hmm. um, those that are of the homosexual nature? I don't, I don't know. It's or been a participate long time. in yeah. gatherings or groups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like I advocate for automatically. Mm-hmm. I knew I couldn't, I mean, I'm still going to be your friend, but I can't support you. So what kind of a friend am I? Yeah. That was already there. Yeah. That was a line. I, I walked, that was a dance that I had to figure out because um, this brother, I, <clears throat> he's one of the closest siblings. I mean, he's my best friend outside of my husband. So I, it was always like, how much can I support him? How much can I advocate for him and still like be good with God? Like how, you know what I mean? And it's, it's such a shitty, you know, spot to mindset to be in, you know? And that's, that's not an automatic mindset, but that's what's been pounded yes, into our it, brain. Yes, it's conditioned. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, the other thing, notable thing that happened in um, middle school was that ninth grade starting seminary, walking over to the seminary building, and one of the first semesters we studied Doctrine and Covenants, and we read all the way through section 132, which is polygamy, you know, just polygamy. And not only that, but that was the first time I heard God's threat to Emma. Um, that was basically like, obey your husband in all things. Um, this is my will. Get with it or else, like, I will destroy you. Not like, if you don't get with this, you're not going to reach the highest degree of glory in the celestial kingdom. You might have to settle for a lesser kingdom. It was like destruction. And I was like, like, what? The it's actual crazy. fuck is this? Yeah. Like, this is not the loving Heavenly Father that, you know, cherishes his daughters and the worth of souls is great and all of that. Like, this is like Satan. Do it or else. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, Joseph Smith said it was revelation from God, right? So, like, oh. according to his God or himself, he obviously was writing that with, I mean, I know we're going to get into that, but man... Once we get into it, you'll kind of see the manipulation there um, just in that section. And, uh, you know, we touched base. I think it might have been last week when I even mentioned, yeah, we may not believe in polygamy, but we, or the LDS church or Mormon church doesn't believe in polygamy anymore, but it does. It really mm-hmm. does. And, you know, we'll get into that too. Yeah. Two points that came up in my mind when you said that is a. Uh, uh, Joseph Smith movie thing that I watched probably 500 times on my mission because we utilized it in lessons. But there's a point where they're kind of in the religious craziness before the whole first vision. And the pastor's talking to Joseph Smith's dad saying, I'm worried about your salvation. You're going to be condemned and go to hell. And then it's funny that you this line is from, it's like a church video, but it just rings true. And it's like, People are taught so much to fear God and trust in him too little. And I'm just like, in my mind, the whole scenario that we kind of grew up in is based off of fear 
of what God you do. God-fearing man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. being so terrified. And on previous episodes, I talk about, I did this, like I had sex the first time. And I was so terrified, I didn't even revisit that topic for two years. Because I was like, didn't know what to do. I was terrified that I was going to be thrown to hell or like... It was just a, one of those things that based off of the fear that had been kind of conditioned into every day, I felt so bad and it was it was just a cargo that I couldn't live with. So I basically did my own self thing like, okay, I'm not going to do anything. I'm, I'm done. I'm like, I, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Well, it's, it's funny you say you had sex. So like you went the full way. I touched my girlfriend's boob over her <laughs> shirt. On accident, probably. And I had been <laughs> dating her for many months. It wasn't, no, it wasn't accident. It was in the moment of, you know, kissing and all that stuff. And I oh, felt... passion. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was going to hell. Like, immediately, I dropped her off and the drive home. I'm, I, I'm not worthy to serve a mission. I'm not worthy to get married That's in the temple. Fear. I called her. Shame. I, I called her and I, I apologized. And I shouldn't... And, and in turn... Probably made her feel bad by you, yeah. by, by me you, calling her. If I wouldn't have called her, she probably would have been like, "Oh, that was awesome." You rubbed your guilt off onto her. Mm-hmm. Probably so made her so feel like yeah. she, it was her but, fault. You know, that's no way to live. Yeah. No. And my yeah. second point, when you're talking about the exaltation and the highest glory, how disappointing was it when you're like, "Oh yeah, celestial kingdom," but did you know there's actually three levels with inside the celestial <laughs> kingdom? <laughs> yeah. And then three you levels. made it, but you didn't. I didn't know that. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't know. It's okay. It's, crazy. okay. it's not real anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a relief. <laughs> there goes Jay again. <laughs> Jay, is there anything you want to say about high school? Um, I don't have a lot of... Yeah, like, how did you guys meet? I um, met Bonnie through Jay. I know that. Me. I yeah. think... Also, I th- she I was Nick's met, girlfriend when he I was probably, like eight. I probably kissed her on the cheek when she was in the Aww, dad's basement. I mean, Nick, I was doing that trick or treat. I, I'm going to say that I think it was either sophomore or junior year, and I probably met her through Clint mm-hmm. because I was good friends with Clint when he started to swim. That's when we started becoming like good friends. And when we talk about... Peter Priested and I don't know what oh. they call the girls. Molly Mormons. Molly, like Bonnie and I were very much the same on the same plane. So we were. We're the good kids. Yeah, Damn we, it. we were the good yeah, kids. We're good. Everybody mm-hmm. else was having fun. <laughs> it would be so awesome but, if you guys had that weird time machine occurrence where you met your old selves oh, and I'd talked bitch to each other. Oh, I slapped myself <laughs> so many times. Like, like, I kicked myself in like, the nuts. Like oh. Bill, and Ted, ec- Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. What's up, dude? Like, fuck you. Oh. <laughs> this is something that I, I kind of, when I think back to high school, and it's not just like, hey, we shouldn't have been a part of the church and we would have had gone crazy. I'm like, yeah, I probably would have had sex with somebody. Yeah, I probably would have drank a little bit. You know, it, is that really bad? I mean, yeah, you're not supposed to, but it's not. By whose rules? But yeah, why, why is it bad? Or why would you think it's bad? I feel like every decision that you and I made, Bonnie, in high school had the background of yes. the church. Had Absolutely. A, you had to vet it through the machine. Yeah. Absolutely. So like in our brain, everything that we did revolved around that. 
Yeah. Was there any weird like SBO meetings when you're like, hey, let's do this activity, and then you guys, oh, that's, that's, that's kind of inappropriate. We can't really in- involve no. ourselves in that. No, because Bob, <laughs> I can't take my shirt off when I'm washing these. No, um, I had a sex party. I wanted to take my shirt off. <laughs> I'm just saying. About? I'm just saying. In your guys' meetings when you met, Jay was a wanted man. <laughs> <laughs> but my hair was ugly as spit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Betty, 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 Betty. Uh, but. Um, sorry, what was your question again? <laughs> She's asking about he's high school. Oh. hinting at the night we snuck in, I think. I don't know about that. I'm just saying <laughs> no, anytime so like the majority okay, because the, when David, you guys, I'll answer what, your question. Well, what, I know it. What, what came up is like when you guys talking about your decision making and it always kind of went through the process of like, okay, I'm part of the church and what should I do? So I'm thinking when you're in a group setting like you guys were when you had these activities or things that you would do, obviously there's probably a lot of things that might've been thrown out that kind of flirt with the idea of being inappropriate or not. And in the back of your mind, like, Oh, Jay, we can't do that. No, because all of us, but one were, were part of the Mm. church and, and overruled. (laughs) I think we started some of our SBO meetings with a freaking prayer and that sucks for Jason. Weird. That wasn't. Yeah. Kubota, that I yeah. still remember his skin. I love Jason. With the fountain and the toga. Oh, and that and was he so like, great. Switch that was it off. great. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was the best one. I loved it. <laughs> we had, I, I got to know Jason on a different level after high school. Um, and it was, I, and it was weird because I, we, like Bonnie and I had talked about, we were part of missionary work before, yeah. before even me serving a mission. And so we were always saying, Hey Jason, you should take the, the, the lessons or the whatever Gross. like Gross. and we but Here, we have a but preach we would. my gospel we would any moment we could we would do that so after high school i would just go and hang out and we play tennis all the time and, and there was no pressure even though i hadn't gone on a mission yet like that wasn't i felt like i was in a better space when i as i was getting older but it's just sad to like think about that i couldn't just accept my friend the, who, like the way he was. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't. I couldn't accept him that way. Weird. And but yeah, Bonnie, I think we did start meetings off sometimes with prayers, and and that also stems from who was teaching us, also who was at the helm of our student, <laughs> student body officers, the captain of our ship. Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> and don't get us wrong. We have Bonnie and I. We had such a great time during that time. It wasn't that we didn't have fun. But it just is sad that we had to base our decisions and, and everything that we did on the on if it was going to be accepted by the church standards. Yeah. Instead of just going ahead and just living and kind of going through experiences and learning that way, mm-hmm. we are we were behind in the world, and up and and really still we're still catching up. I feel. You well, know? yeah, because part of it too is that our parents knee jerk. Um, you know, it was always go talk to the bishop, go talk to the bishop, or like as long as you, as long as we were getting to all of our church activities and meetings and everything, then the church could raise us. And there was no open conversation, at least for me, with my parents about drugs, alcohol, sex, um, consent, um, like all the things that those were not um, open door conversations to be had. The first time I told my mom about having a crush on a boy at school. Um, I got like a huge lecture about virtue and keeping myself clean and yada, yada. And this is a crush. This is not like, 
hey, mom, I had sex. Right. right? Yeah. And yeah. so... You're being... You're human. You yeah. Know, you're going through yeah. changes. Yeah. So... Uh, question for you, Bon. Um, I can't remember, but you, in high school, you had a boyfriend that, if I remember right, wasn't active or wasn't part of the church. How did How did that go? Like, for you, and also, like, your parents, and I don't... I mean, it's kind of weird to bring that up, but it's also part of how we grew up, yeah, right? Yeah, and we were in the same circles. Um, so that was the first guy to really show interest in me at all. Like, as excited as I was for dating, it was really lame. If I didn't initiate and I didn't pay, I didn't go out. And so having this kid um, actually show interest in me and like want to go do fun things, like rather than sitting at home and babysitting my nieces and nephews all the time, like to have the opportunity to have somebody that you could go on a group date with or even go on a, to a dance with or something was right. kind of a big deal. Um, his family, he wasn't active. His mom would go to church alone on Sundays. Um, but his family was really connected. Like they did a lot of things together. They had a lot of fun together. They had, you know, they were just had better relationships than I felt like my family had. Um, and I was very welcomed into his family. And so that was a big draw too. Um, but I still had that itch that, that whole, like I've, he's not going to be a return missionary. I have to find a return missionary. I have to do this thing, right? I have to get it to the temple. I have to. And I will say that having that standard, um, worked in my favor with that relationship because, um, he would ditch me to like go, you know, smoke and drink with his friends and my it, baseball buddies. It know? was just like, yeah. not, I wasn't even considered. I wasn't, I certainly wasn't a priority. Um, so yeah, I, I just wanted to ask cause I, it, that's part of our, our growing up within the churches, then getting into the dating mm-hmm. for me, I don't. I don't think I asked a girl out that wasn't a member of the church once I could date. Now, I had a girlfriend we talked about on our first that kind of didn't count my, at that time. I know. You're so young. That I know. Like, yeah. But like, you held when, hands down the but when you can actually date, I do. I really don't think that I asked anybody away from the church. And I think that's kind of sad. Well, and the thing is, too, is. When, like, at least for me, when I'd be like, oh, yeah, I like this girl. It's my girlfriend or whatever. Oh, does she go to church? Yeah. I'm like, what ward is she in? Yeah. What ward is she in? Where does she live? Uh, Does she go to church every Sunday? And I'm like, no. Like, It reinforces that, like, us versus them. We don't like you hanging out with her because she doesn't go to church. Church was made a priority with dating, and it was just. In the church, good. Out of the church, bad. You brought something up uh, a couple minutes ago that kind of triggered like a, a response in reference to not receiving the talks about drugs, sex, consent, mm-hmm. and everything. It's crazy to see the statistics about youth in Utah the moment they leave high school and go to like a college, especially outside of living from home, that they have the first opportunities to go to like a house party or a pool party or whatever. Mm-hmm. And instead of already kind of knowing based off of the experience, how to gauge it through, and how to it's basically it. like sprinting full they speed. They go nuts. They DUIs, get pregnant or they overdose. overdose. Like mm-hmm. it's amazing mm-hmm. that those talks are not being had in the, in the moment that they have that type of freedom. 
not understanding or knowing the limits or consequences and it's crazy take me for example you talk you talk about parties and i was invited to a halloween party when i was in eighth grade i got there and it was friends that i had in school acquaintances and it was starting to be really fun and then it just turned into something where i didn't feel comfortable because i had the church in my mind i was like i don't feel comfortable i'm gonna tell her i don't feel good and just leave were people smoking but if the green? I, yeah but ah. if but if i but i think to myself if i stayed i wouldn't have like smoked weed or anything but if i just stayed and had a good time i it, it, it's well, a missed opportunity you wouldn't it's be like so vanilla you, nick it's like you, <laughs> it's like you and raves you go and people are just stoned out of their minds but you're still there enjoying yeah everything else i do my thing i do my own thing yeah. and elbow people yes <laughs> yes you do <laughs> well and then that gets me to dating in college and going you know going into college and being so excited for a student ward where everybody's your own age and everybody is dating for marriage, for marriage, like for yeah. that yeah, eternal companion. Yeah. Everybody you know? has Everyone's the same in that goal. mindset. Don't remember yeah. what school. I just went to Slick. Okay, so yeah, that's that's a great melting pot. Oh, dude, that's like <laughs> high school three point <laughs> because it, yes. you've got for sure. Yep, yep. You've you feel got like you're in everybody school. in the valley mm-hmm. just mixing. Oh, dude. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into it. All right. So that was the point that I feel like. Up until that point in my life, that's the most invested I ever was. Like I was getting up on my own early every morning, studying my scriptures for an hour. Just like I have to be super, super righteous because I want God to send me that, you know, most perfect return missionary that's going to be the best for me. And then I'll get my temple wedding and my fairy tale. And, you know, I'll be able to fulfill my you know, destiny as a wife and mother in the church, blah, blah, it's blah. The, the typical white picket fence for a Mormon uh, girl. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I was excited to be in the student ward. I went to all the activities. I was, you know, really participating in everything, trolling for that RM. And it faded so fast because I will tell you, in my experience, I quickly learned that returned missionaries were far more horny and far more handsy than any non-member I ever dated in college. Well, yeah. that's what we're told on her mission, though. Like, well, it's it's not just being told. I know you're going to say being told to go and find your spouse, right? Yep. So it's not just that. It's the fact that for so many years you've been told no, 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 and your biology is saying yes, 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 the yes, entire yes, time. Yes. So you have no you have no experience with. Going from like making out to petting to, why to having so consent. Sex. Why like, is it so even? Yeah. Why, yeah. Why is it so sticky? And, well, and like also like why does your wife have to be the sole outlet for that? You know, sexuality. Right. Like uh, no pressure. Mm-hmm. Jay talked about it. But tons of pressure on both parties. So we've talked the, the earnest like the. Get it done, get home, get married, because within that time frame, it's easy to mess up in the eyes of the church. So it's like they pushed, find your companion, get married so you Fast. don't get in trouble and go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And all yeah. of a sudden, because you say, I do, that means it's totally okay. Mm-hmm. Just like that. Mm-hmm. Without having conversations, That's without so knowing how to have those conversations. Without knowing your body. Without, without knowing how to pleasure your freaking wife. Without knowing that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Because hey, we let's do we, it together. Let's we've, learn. We've had no experience. 
And so we're for, and I think that I talked about this. I think that's why so many early marriages within the church end in divorce is because maybe physically they just aren't compatible and that's okay. But you can try, like you can figure that stuff out before you get married. Then you don't go through that whole process. Right. that's, That's the craziest thing. We kind of touch base on it a little bit. You could have the best relationship. You have great chemistry, like talking emotional and everything. And the thing that you've left out is the physicality because of the, the stipulation right. behind well, we cannot do it mm-hmm. and then come monday i mean well, not monday come <laughs> wedding day come Family wedding day evening? what what the wedding night <laughs> no yeah my ex- hey yeah why not <laughs> my saviors okay okay oh, God. Oh, well, what i'm saying was is like so the wedding night so you could have this perfect relationship and it's four years and it's super churchy and everything's great but then the wedding night comes and the physicality just the chemistry does not match. And what do I do like, with my hands? In that type of thing. Well, especially from like the female side, because you're, you, it's like drilled into you to protect your virtue, and now all of a sudden, like Free game. let go. You're you're just jump, you know, whatever. Just jump like in, submit to whatever. Head first. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Like it's not, and it, you know, if if the girl within the church. You know, most of the time, and guys within the church, it's your first time having sex, right? So then it hurts for the girl, and it lasts... Two pump jumps. Ten seconds. (laughs) Ten seconds. One second. All that builds up. What is that? that 30 seconds? Yeah. (laughs) And there's just no communication, you know? There should be communication throughout. You don't know how to to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, It's just, oh, we just do this until we're done. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. And uh, on that, I was saying, at that point in time, when you realize that that chemistry on the physicality, the sexual side of things is not compatible with each other, you basically have one of two um, paths that you can take. One, you basically call it quits and try to navigate after that. And essentially, when you're talking about that, yes, I said that, Nick. Go ahead and mark it down, essentially. <laughs> you said it twice but, now. Yeah, I did. <laughs> but... How often were you taught about divorce in the church? You're not. Never. You're supposed Zero. to just work, you're so, supposed so, to work it out. So what you got to do. Don't get divorced is You what can't they say. get divorced because if you do, you have the mindset of being a failure and yeah. you're going to hell because there's something wrong and you did something wrong. So people that are super into the church will, will basically grin and bear it and they'll be in an unhappy marriage for years. And it's super detrimental to your own personal happiness and any kids that you bring into that type of thing. It's really common for the wife, too, to feel responsible for not, um, you know, fulfilling that need. That's unfortunate. Yeah. And a lot of of pressure. Something that I like that Nick mentioned um, is that the fact that conversations aren't aren't being had about consent. And he said it's free game once you get married it's free game without and that's just like you jump into it without having a conversation right. with your now new like, wife what do you feel comfortable with what do you not feel comfortable with and and honestly you don't know mm-hmm. because the, we've never talked about it within the church yeah. we've never talked about sex or what you can what might work and feel good and all that stuff because it's not in the church it's not about pleasure for the woman where's the clitoris 
It's chapter yeah, three. No, honestly, chapter I, no, three, verse no seven. joke. Like I chapter told, three, verse seven. <laughs> I have told my husband, you are going to have. I don't care how uncomfortable our son is, he's gonna know all of this shit before going into it. Like we're going to Good. have very open, very direct conversations, so that he doesn't have to go through as many of the growing pains as you know we did we did yeah that's something i very strongly disagree with with the church is it's a taboo subject don't talk about it but i think talk about it in your household it makes it, i don't know it's just better connection um your kids have a better understanding they actually know what they're getting into I well, think, yeah. well you want to you want to set that you want to set that uh, comfortability with your children like when you're teaching them just say hey like we want you guys no matter if you think you're going to be in trouble or not because let's face the fact we all were scared to bring things to our parents I, bonnie i don't know if you did yeah. things and oh, were yeah. scared to bring it up to your parents but i definitely did and i didn't have like hey terrified i did something bad and i want you to love me the same and i didn't feel like i could do that so you want to create that with your children right especially mine like Kirstie and I, we've taught our kids everything there is to know at the age that they are now. Like, we kind of set it aside, like, hey, this is what you need to know. And then when you get older, we'll have that conversation. Mm -hmm. But we want you guys to feel comfortable enough to come to us, whether you do something right or wrong, or you have questions. Right. Like, we want you guys to come to us. Yeah, and and what I was getting at is that because it's not talked about in the church at all, and on and really the only thing that sex brings in the church is babies yeah right so it, it talks nothing about making sure your spouse wife like your wife enjoys her experience it's mm-hmm. all about the man right because in order to have a baby we don't have to get into it right but like it's all about just his pleasure because it's going to make a baby i have multiple friends who contact me years into their marriage asking how I know if, like, Bonnie, how do you know if you've had an orgasm? Wow. That's some horse shit. That is some horse shit. Anyway, we're jumping a little ahead of my story. It's like super (laughs) suppressed. Yeah, let's get back on track. Um, I wanted to ask you guys, or I guess maybe especially Jay, where he was, you know, one of the Peter Priesthoods. Um, did Poster you? <laughs> did you ever like go on a first date? Like, so after you got back from your mission, did you ever go on a first date and then like pray about them if they were your eternal companion? It wasn't after. <laughs> this is sad. Shame, this, shame, this is shame. Just, oh this my is, goodness! This is sad. You're okay. I would, I would pray before even take like. Knowing that I was going out on a date. You wanted to be open to the spirit during the date. Let me know I, during yes. the date if this is my eternal companion. Yes, that's how I... <laughs> Please don't make I, me... Can you I imagine Jay sitting in I the not, chair, so wow. I, sitting in the car, like waiting before the date? Oh my gosh. Folded arms, guys. head it was in. Le, it was that legitimately in my car before I went up. Oh, I called it. Before wow. I went up to knock on the door to ask this girl or not to ask but to pick her up to go on a date because immediately like that's just what it was told right coming home from my mission go find your spouse and get married as quickly as possible now i did i did meet my wife let's see i met her the middle of july i came home the first part of june 
But I had gone on a ton of dates between beginning of June till that time. Summertime. No school. And everybody's everybody's setting you up with their with their friends or their mm-hmm. daughters or their daughter's friend or whatever. And so I, I I do know that I didn't do that with my wife, but I did know when I took her out because I was praying for the others and I didn't for her, but the feeling that I got with her was very different than the feelings that I got with the others. So like, I knew, I knew it was different. So I kind of just stayed in that, that lane. Right. That is crazy. So Jay, when you did that to yourself, do you feel like looking back, you kind of took yourself out of like enjoying yourself? There's so much pressure to Mm -hmm. come home and get married and get married in the temple. Don't let her grab you by the wiener. So, so, (laughs) so yes, it's not, it's not all about the enjoyment because in the back of my mind, I'm here to date to get married. I'm here to date to get married instead of like how in the world, how it really is where people just go out and then if they, they like it, they go on a second date and if they like it, maybe they date for months and then they're like, Oh, Hey, maybe we should move in together. Let's see how that goes. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, this works. Years down the road. Now we're going to get engaged. Years like down the road. Ten we're years get later, married. you finally get so, married. But exactly. you know who that person is. That is that is the that is the normal. Where for for us, it was get home, find a girl, mm-hmm. get married, start having kids, and figure out the living situation, the out, communication, the sexual money, stuff. Figure out job. everything after. Just oh, get married, dude. right? So if you if you said that prayer took her on a date and you didn't get that revelation on the date that that was your eternal companion how would you then convey that as to like like if she wanted to go on a second date but you didn't get that revelation that that was your eternal companion how would you convey that to her <laughs> I don't God said I I'm can't busy. see you again <laughs> <laughs> I I'm busy I have I have I have work It was probably just just blowing smoke like that if i i cop out use yeah. god as your scapegoat no 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 just like i'm busy or i work mm. or i'm hanging out with my that friends to tonight me. isn't that so, so crazy it's just it, it's not being upfront and honest like adults right yeah, it's just well, blowing it's, smoke it's cowardly and, and, and it's using god along. as a scapegoat because that's like it's not like i i loved getting to know you thanks for the date i don't see our um relationship <laughs> going past a friendship it's God said no. Rejection from God. It's like the spiritual breaking <laughs> up over a text. <laughs> and you, like you said, it's cowardly. Yeah. Stupid. David, I think we, uh, we need a little change in momentum. The thing of it is, give it to us. <laughs> okay, the thing of it is. All righty. I've got some different facts today that I just, I enjoyed when I read them. So um, the thing of it is, Scotland... You all know Scotland, and you know how every country tends to have, like, their animal, or they choose their animal. Scotland chose the unicorn. <laughs> yes! No we way. are Scottish! Yes! <laughs> we like unicorns. As the national animal for its chivalry and dominance. Mm. <laughs> and its pink colors. So it's a <laughs> mythical creature, but it was chosen as Scotland's mm. national animal. The unicorn. I love that. <laughs> How do you know it's mythical? Hmm? We, <laughs> I, I, you're right. I don't know. We are going to continue Faith. this conversation. Just kind of end this first part of the um, of this uh, episode with Bonnie. We're just going to continue right um, when we get back. Uh, we appreciate the listen and, and stay tuned for more awesome information of how we grew up and where we're at. Um, 
it's been it's, so far it's been really fun so make sure you hit a hit uh brothers and hinge up on all their social media as well as um just follow this podcast give us some you know with this topic there's going to be a lot of questions from people that aren't part of the church please ask us and we will look and we will respond love y'all thank you thanks thank guys you. Face